Welcome to the Reptiles With Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Repticon Reptile Shows, Premium Crickets, and Reptiles Express. Let's get started. I get to talk to Tino from the fucking <laughs> Reptiles With Podcast. It's oh, crazy, whoa, whoa. dude. I get to talk with Yoshi from the Reptiles With Podcast. Who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> so what's up, bro? How was the, the show so far for you? It is interesting. Very interesting. Um, it's one of the bigger shows, so there's like a lot yeah. of tables. A lot of people are here. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people didn't show up either. Like, I don't see um, New Moon. New Moon's yeah. not here. I didn't see uh, Aquatic and Exotic. Do you know, like, people that are always there. Oh, there we go. Look at that. <laughs> Look who's that guy. <laughs> people that are, like, literally always there. So, yeah, like, yeah, huh, yeah. interesting. That's super weird. Um, and there's, like, two tables with just Funko Pops. Did you notice that? That one of them is, uh, is my f- Ball Python mentor's wife. Who's your Ball Python mentor? David. I don't know who that is. They're right next to him. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like there's two end caps right next to each other. Okay. One with like a lot yeah, of ball yeah, pythons, yeah, yeah. the other one with the Funkos. The ball python one. Yeah. But, um, yeah. honestly, dude, Imperial's table's the best. And that's <laughs> not even from a bias. I know I'm wearing the merch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, I'm, I really like the, the niche stuff, so. Okay. Not a lot of, it, it's a really ball python heavy. <laughs> that's the yeah, story. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I bought some stuff. I bought two gargoyle geckos. You did, yeah. I was I was very close to buying a ball python, but it wasn't exactly what I thought it was. And then I was like, uh. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But there is a vendor here that has a very expensive ball python. Mm. It's not here, but I know okay. it's on his morph market. Gotcha. That I'm gonna be like, hey, so hey, where's this animal? <laughs> and know, is four thousand the best price? <laughs> so when I go to the shows, I'm just speed running basically yeah. the ball python section. I'm like, uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was surprisingly there was one that made me stop. That I was like, okay, what is that? Uh, and it's literally just a black pastel. Um, uh, fuck. A black, black pastel kiai. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so I was like, all black, you like, a lot of splash yeah, of pattern. Yeah. And I was like, that's cool. I think that's what you like. You like dark snakes. I do dude. like dark snakes. Yeah. I do. Um, or green ones. Or green ones. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so yesterday, the first day. I got um, a whole box of bamboo. Okay. Because I'm like, yes, what? I know. Wood yeah. is super expensive, so I got it for a deal. Yeah. Um, and so the sneaks that I work with, they come from Southeast Asia. Uh-huh. So there's bamboo there. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, 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 cool. It's like actually naturalistic. Yeah, yeah. Wild. Your bamboo hit me in the back yesterday. Oh, it did. Yeah, oh, that's what. I, yeah, it literally fell on me, dude. I was like, oh fuck! When the box broke, it fell on me. <laughs> oh damn, dude. I'm so sorry. So, how's your car after it getting stuck yes. in the fucking parking lot it at Repticon? It's perfect. It's fine. It's yeah, cheap. he survived. <laughs> he survived. Yeah, but he could not get out of the rut for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was. He cool. got lazy, dude. He was yeah. like, I'm tired. He was like, oh, no, no. Yeah. Cool, um, man. So my hands were dirty as heck, though, going under there. And oh, of course, out. dude. Yeah. You, you were in the, your favorite. You were in the dirt, I dude. Was in the dirt. You're right. I was like, looking for ice spots. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about ice spots. Did you see any cool ice spots here? Um, yeah, actually, uh, some people have cappuccinos, white duckies. Okay. Um, I will say the ice spot market is tanking. It is taking a deep hit. Okay. Um, and I think it's because people are getting more and more in tune with keeping the the, the higher end species. Yes. And they're getting better about it. Okay. Um, and being isopods, they're very very minimal care to start with. So you can produce them on mass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think honestly the prices are just yeah, dropping. Yeah, but dropping. that's a good opportunity for you. Yeah. Because like any market, what comes up must go down, and yes. vice versa, right? Yes. So like right now would be a real good time for you to start getting some really high end stuff, right, and right. then as the market comes back up, whenever it does, mm. you know you could ride that wave. Yeah. Or it'll hit a plateau and it'll stabilize, and yeah. you'll have some solid stuff regardless. Yeah. Yeah, man. Cool. Did you grab uh, Play the Lizards too? Yeah. Did do that fun yeah. stuff. I want to. Um, go with breeding them. I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about the possibility of getting a shed, putting it, um, basically getting like, uh, how do I say this? Not tins, but like big canisters where they feed like, like yes, troughs, yes, 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 um, yes, yes, and keeping them in there with lights and all that stuff. Okay. Um, maybe even adding like a sunroof to the thing so it can add some natural heat in there and light. But I don't Bro. know. It's just, it's a big project. Wait, so I don't wait, know. wait, 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 wait. What if? I mean, how how are they with humidity? They do really well. They're very very Bro, adaptable. What if you do? And I, I just realized this because my friend did this for his water monitor. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if you do like a greenhouse? Okay. Because you could do if you do a greenhouse. One, you could have your fucking plants in there. Right, right. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, you can have more plants. You're right. Good. Exactly. But you can also put a trough in there. It'll get natural mm-hmm. light. You could open it when it's uh, 
You could open like with the windows. In, like, yeah, exactly. Out. And but you could put your lights. You know, I mean, obviously an extension from the house or whatever. Right, right, right. So it's like the same idea with a shed, okay. but with a with a but with a greenhouse. Yeah. But I mean, were you thinking about putting other animals in there or just the plated? Probably just the plated. Okay. Yeah, well, I'd want to keep that'll them be fine. Yeah. yeah. That that'd be cool actually. I think that's a cool idea. That would be cool. Huh. Maybe. I did get bee pollen for them. Uh, Ooh. I don't know if they'll eat it, but we'll see what happens. That's why I only got like a little tiny container of five bucks. Yeah. Speaking of which, I need five bucks. I didn't actually pay for this. Uh, who, <laughs> who did you get that from? Um, she was like, oh, so I go over there and I'm like, um, oh, I'll take the bee pollen. She's like, okay, do you have cash? I'm like, no, I have card. And she's like, oh, I don't have a card reader. And I was like, oh, I don't have cash. <laughs> so she was like, oh, just take it. Uh, we'll, you'll just, by the end of the show, give me the five bucks. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> she probably saw your Imperial shirt and she's like, oh, you work for Imperial. Yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, you're a vendor. I'll so on that note, go fucking to Daddy Alex and go borrow Literally, some money. You're going to have five bucks. I felt bad because I, I had to pay for one of the geckos cash yesterday. Okay. And I didn't have cash. I didn't want to use the ATM because they right. charge you like five bucks on the yeah, fucking literally. ATM. So I had to be like, hey, man, can I borrow like 180 bucks? <laughs> like, I'll bring it to you tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm Steve from Steve's Morse. Out of Brooksville, Florida. Hell yeah. I'm a little breeder. I do a few clutches <laughs> a, little a, <laughs> a little breeder. A little breeder. So, I need you to do me a favor. Okay. I need you to convince me to not buy one of your Ultra Mill Pides. Oh, actually, I don't have any Ultra Mill Pides in me. I have Ultra Mills that are Heifer Pied. Oh. But they have ringers on them. Got you. Okay, yes. I was wondering. Okay. It was a clutch that I bred just to make some more... Hets. I wanted to make some Ultra Mel Hets uh-huh. just to actually have them on there. And uh, basically, I bred the Ultra Mel Pied to the Ultra Mel, and everything came out ringered. Wow, And I've dude. never seen any ringers on Ultra Mel's before. Got you. Uh, it was a pretty cool clutch, I mean, for what it was. And I wanted females, yeah. and I only got one, and she didn't ring her. Oh, damn, bro. <laughs> but it's okay. So... They'll sell. It seems like uh, everybody's worried for the next couple of years, right? Everybody thinks we got recession coming, we got hard times. What are you doing to prepare for something like that? Well, the thing is with ball pythons in the reptile industry, it's a wave. Yeah. This happens every so many years. Yeah. I mean, if you've been in this for anything more than five to seven years, you've seen it more yeah. than once. And everybody worries. Um, yeah, the economy's in the, in the toilet right now. Yeah, There's yeah. a bunch of different things that are going on that's affecting some of the market and the way people spend. But I haven't slowed down on sales. Okay. My online sales are still doing great. Um, yeah. It's more higher end. It's yep. not as much lower end. Yep. Um, the higher end stuff is moving, but it seems like people are trying to capitalize and buy the higher end stuff right now and build their collection. Yep. For the, so if it does slow down, they're still going to have really cool stuff. So Now's the time to buy. Yeah. As opposed to put yep. it off. Yep, yep, yep. Um, build that collection. If it slows down, well, if I have stuff on my table or stuff yep. that doesn't sell this year, I will hold it. Yep. I will shelf it. And in another year or two, and I can breed that stuff, even better. Yeah. And I think that you said something very key. The stuff that you're producing is high end. You know, yeah. I, I have a little bit of a mix, right? Because a lot of my animals will go to like... You know, the, I work for Imperial, which is right. a, a pet shop here in Orlando. So, you know, I do su- supply them with, you know, some ball pythons, right? right, right? right. But that. then my projects are high-end. And what I've noticed is that the high-end stuff does great. The rest of it is having issues. The big spenders and the people that spend money on higher-end stuff, yep. the economy is not affecting them. Yeah, They're always going to be big spenders. They, yep. want, they want to be a part of this. You might see some of the smaller-end people that don't have a lot invested or tried through COVID said this is a cool thing to do yep you might see them go out yep they might not stay in yep. because they can't move that stuff as quickly yeah but uh, and it's going to be selective on what you're going to breed if you're going to breed Kodom to Kodom you're kind of yeah it's tough you're kind of hitting a wall there yeah um, you want to get at least one recessive if yep. not a double or a triple yeah because that's what everything is going to now so to make Kodoms it's going to be more of the pet trade yeah for yep, sure yep. unless and i have codoms and i'm trying to make my entire collection recessive yeah and you know get rid of most of the cons the codoms that are going to stay in my collection are the ones i want to make hats with yes and then once i make what i want with them i'll move them out nothing yeah. wrong with them they're great yeah. females great males but if i don't need them in those projects i just move on but that's true and then also like even with the codom stuff what you're not talking about is you're not talking about your pastel, your yellow belly. You're talking right. about stuff that's new. We have Wookie. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, Mahogany's still doing great. Oh, yeah. For sure. So I, I, I'm i in a position still where I'm like, I, I thought by Daytona, I was like, okay, I'm set. And then now I'm already on another cycle of, okay, what am I going to get rid of? You know, because it's tough. It's a, 
I when when I first started, I was like, I'll never be able to afford lavender albino. So I yeah. settled with albino pied. And now I'm like, uh, I should have just bought lavender, lavender albino, albino, you know. But luckily, what I did get in, into was candy pies. Okay. You know, so and I, I got a lot of that. Too. Yeah, exactly. And then um, I I had bought a around the time where confusion was really like hitting like the mainstream. Yeah. I had bought a super pastel spot nose confusion and i was like super excited i was like dude like it's gonna be great like this is gonna be a breakthrough thing for me and that mail just did not do good you know so they're not great eaters yeah it's once you get them up to size they're fine for breeding yeah but they're hard to stay on feed sometimes understood interesting it's a it's a challenging yeah you know morph to deal with um not like you know you get females up to a thousand grams and then they shut off eating yeah um Confusions and acids can do that right off the bat. Gotcha. As soon as they come out of the egg, they could be crappy eaters. Ah. Or they could take a long time to get up to size. Interesting. I mean, I had males that were two years old and pushing 600 grams. It just yeah. didn't eat regularly. Yeah. So it was making it really difficult. But they did breed. Yeah. And they did eat sporadically throughout breeding. Yeah. So it kept them afloat. Yeah. Um, there was a couple of times it got really sketchy. And I was like, oh, if I keep breeding this thing, I'm going to lose it. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Gonna, he's he's going to pass on me. But um, you just got to know when to stop breeding them. Yep. Once they get to a point yeah. and you're like, okay, this is way too skinny. If I keep reading him, he's not back on food. He's going to die. Got um, you. And everybody at yeah. one point will probably make that mistake. I did it many years ago. Yeah. And it only takes that one time to go, okay. Not doing that again. I'm not doing it again. Yeah. Um, you got to learn from your mistakes. For sure. For sure. So if you want to stay, if, you know, young breeder wants to stay afloat during the quote unquote hard times that we're supposed to hit, what do you think they should work with to be okay? I would definitely say stick to recessives. Yep. Um, Are there any that, like, specifically stick out, like, this is safe, you know? You got, you know, Pied, Desert Ghost, Clown. Um, there's so many out there now. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't put Hypo out either because Hypo's a really good gene. It yep. cleans everything up, makes it really look nice yep. as an adult. And now you're doing double recessives with that, triple recessives uh-huh. with that. It's yep. going to help that color stay, too. Yeah. Um, I've never really gotten into monsoon or sunset. Okay. So those are just not my kind of choice kind of thing. Yeah. I like tri-stripes. Yeah. I'm not saying tri-stripes are the way to go, but I think if you stay to the basics of, of clown pied and desert ghost, you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm, that can keep you up I'm a fan of tri-stripe. Uh, that's something that I don't have in my collection that I definitely want to get in my collection. But I just get worried with certain mutations that have too much of an impact on an animal and like that one, I'm like, so it could either look like a very nice tri-stripe or it won't look too much like a tri-stripe. Um, well, I feel similarly with like the monsoons and the sunset where it's like exactly. so powerful. It's just like, what am I going to do with well, this? Well, the problem is when you have monsoon and tri-stripe and stuff like that, uh-huh. like, sunset is kind of more of a color. Yeah. Also, it's got yeah. a pattern. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a washed out GHI kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. the monsoon and the tri-stripe, you don't really want to alter that pattern too much yeah. because that's what you're shooting for. Yep. So you can change the colors on a lot of stuff. Yep. With Tri-Stripe, you can add Desert Ghost. You can yep. add Banana. You can add Albino or Ultramel, whatever you want to do. And it's still going to have that three stripes. Yep. You distort the pattern too much, it won't look like a tricep anymore. Uh-huh. Now, the same thing with the Monsoon Project. Yep. If you change that pattern too much, it might look like a pewter pinstripe or something. Gotcha. Because it's got it's got that yep. you know it could yeah, be like yeah. the next pinstripe. It's got a lot of that pattern through yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know. Those are I think you're just changing colors with those, not so much as pattern. Gotcha. I think there's been some monsoon combos that have come out. Uh, I think there was some leopards and something like that. Yeah, and they still look cool. They didn't really take too much away from it. Um, but those are ones you got really got to be careful with. Got you. Uh, the biggest thing I think is color change with them. Yeah, for sure. Now. Yeah. Um, the Kiki Ball, Genetic Stripe Clowns. It's like a, a, a great thing going on right now. What do you see for the future for, let's say, a Tri-Stripe Clown? You think it'll be similar or you think it just uh, will act differently? I, I, I don't think it's going to look good. Okay. It's not enough. Gotcha. Um, I I think I've actually seen Tri-Stripe Clown and it didn't really do anything for me. Gotcha. It's kind of up there with Puzzle Clown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't really do much for that yeah. that gene. Yeah. Um, but there's so many other things you can put in the clown to make yeah. it look so much better. Yeah. I mean, you can just look what Justin's doing. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Do Justin's you, the king of clowns right now. He can do anything with clown. Do you do you think that we'll ever get to a point where it's like, yo, there's too many clowns? It's just that there's so much to do with clowns. There, there is. And if you go on Morph Market, you're going to see 
for like the pies, the clowns, and stuff like that, you're going to see over three or four thousand clowns out there. Got you. Which is a lot. Yeah. That's a, a yeah. visual clowns. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if there'll be too many. The way this industry is growing and people are getting into it every day. Yeah. I I still don't think we'll meet the demand. I still think that we still have a yeah. long way to go with this. Um, I'm a big fan of clown. Yeah. So I, that that's kind of one of my things. And yeah. Desert Ghost is another one. So that, that's like a a mistake that I made. A mistake I made was I I had the opportunity when I first started getting into ball pythons to start with clowns. I didn't. I was like, I'm just gonna do pies. And then I I didn't produce pies until I was already producing clowns late in the game. I gotcha. You know so. Yeah, man, there's definitely some exciting stuff. My, I have a project. I don't know if it's been done before, mm-hmm. but I'm calling it the Banana Split Project, right? So oh. it's <laughs> Vanilla Cream, okay. GHI Banana Clown. That's what I'm trying to oh, hit. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So I have a pair of GHI Vanilla Creams, Heck Clowns, and then I have a few like female Banana Fire Clowns that I've been Got raising it. up. So that's kind of like my idea. Well, I think everybody in their collection should have a project like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, a lot of people tend to follow the market, what yeah. everybody else is doing. Yeah. I want to make that. Yeah. Well, if you're buying babies to make something that somebody's already made, yeah. you're two years behind. Exactly. By the time yeah. two years comes up and you can make that, do you still want to make that? You're right. I mean, you're I right. think everybody should have their own projects in mind and the things that they want to make, not necessarily follow everybody else's project. Make your own project yeah. or do a twist on it, something. Exactly. It's like, let's say somebody came out with miscellaneous five gene clown. Yeah. It's more about, oh, I want to make that, so I'm going to get the five gene with a head. It's like, no, no, no. What are you going to do to improve that? Right, right, right. You, you don't, don't want to make the that. exact same exactly. thing. Exactly. You want to add to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes you can take one or two of those genes out of it. Yep. And it would still look really cool. Or cool. take one out and add something different, and it's going to change the entire appearance of the yep. thing. So, um, with that being inside your projects, yep. that keeps you going. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's a goal. Yeah. You know, it's your goal. It's something that you want to do. It's yep. not something that everybody else wants to do. Yep. You know, it, And it may have already been done. I yeah. mean, there's a bunch of things that I say, oh, this would be really cool. I think I want to make this. Yeah. And then I'll Google search it, and I'm like, oh, shit, somebody already made it. Yeah, I'm yeah. like... That's okay. Yeah. It's okay. But now I can improve on that. Yep. I can add something to it. I can take something out of it. I can yeah. go a different route. Maybe yep. it's close to what I want to do, but not exactly what I want to do. Yeah. Uh, and then some of the stuff, we have no idea what it's going to look like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So to add all these jeans, it's like we think it's going to be great. It might turn out muddy and look like crap. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen some really cool stuff, and you hear about all these jeans and the one snake, and then you see the snake, and you're like, well, that's a letdown. <laughs> yeah. That was disappointing. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. well, shit, I'm glad I didn't do that one. Yeah. You yeah. know, but you don't know until you try. Yeah. So what's what's okay. going on? I know that we just did this, uh, the Terrapin stuff like that. That's something that I was specifically very passionate about. I've uh, worked with the Diamondback Terrapins and, you know, to see how everything went down, it kind of sucks. I feel like very things. Disappointing. Yeah. I feel like. You know, the, the talk of the town is like, why do they keep just like, um, how do I say, just like p- pushing us to the side, you know, mm-hmm. like they don't want to almost like listen to the things that, that we want to say, you know. Well, the ideology we found out several years ago in a conference we had with FWC uh-huh. and we were discussing different, you know, future projects and yeah. working together. And their basic answer to us, well, if it can live and breed in the state of Florida, we don't want it here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, it is coming true. They are trying to prohibit everything. Um, we are working diligently. We uh-huh. have tried to work with them, even going back to the Tegus. Back in, I think it was 2018, uh, one of the board members of U.S. Art Florida did present a program to, U, uh, to FWC yeah. stating that we foresee that that could be a potential issue in the state of Florida and let's start working together early and their answer to us was no you know there's no issues we're not worried about that that's the last thing we're going to put on the agenda or the budget Uh (coughs) and now you know coming to 2021 they're trying to prohibit it they went through the judicial system and they passed a law which was very detrimental and people are like why did you fight that you know if they turned around and did it this way anyways we fought it because if it is a law, any state law enforcement officer, meaning your local you know, yeah. police officers, um, your sheriffs, anyone would have been able to come into your house yeah. and arrest you for having a prohibited species. It was a law. Yeah, yeah. 
So FWC at that point in time, when they did that, US Art Florida stepped up. We did file a lawsuit um, and we did prevail. The judge did say at that time um, that that was not the legal way to do it, that FWC had to go through the right and proper channels yeah, yeah. through the Constitution and do it the right way, which they said they did. And now we're back at another lawsuit and they didn't. And we are proving that right now or, you know, attempting to prove that to the judge. We have Judge Cooper right now that is our yeah. judge in our case. Got you. So it seems like there is a little bit of a friction with certain uh, groups, certain people with USARC. Uh, on this podcast, we are we have spoken a lot about USARC. Um, I do it. It's me, my friend Tino, and Chuck. Mm -hmm. The two of them, like they'll go on their opinions. I've been a USARC supporter for for a while. I do say my opinions. You know, I, I do have my opinions, but specifically one of them is like, no, no, no like I'm not a USARC supporter. Like I, he does conservation. You know, mm -hmm. he's like, I support conservation. Like if I'm gonna put my money, I'm gonna put into conservation. How do we? hit those people how do we get them to be like hey like us arc is doing something how do you think we get there how do you think we get to those kinds of people that are almost anti-us arc i would love them to call me call yeah. any of our board members <laughs> call phil on a national level ask us what we're doing yeah let us sit down and talk we yeah. are for conservation 100 percent. if yep. you look at the terrapin program that just went through yeah that we had developed a full U.S. Art Florida, uh -huh. worked with many biologists and turtle keepers throughout the United States, not just Florida. Yeah. And it was for the conservation of diamondback terrapins. Yeah. That's what the whole purpose of um, our rule was. Yeah, yeah. And they wouldn't even talk about it. They said there's no need at this point in time to even discuss that. So U.S. Art and U.S. Art Florida are 100% for conservation of this yeah, yeah. species that we represent. 100%. Yeah, I think that it sucks as it's like, you, wouldn't you think that like you would talk to the people that know how to breed these animals to conserve the species? We have letters upon letters from biologists and yeah. specialists and top terrapin breeders saying yeah, that yeah. this is what was needed. Yeah. And they supported our program. Yeah. And it wasn't even looked at. I've never worked with tegus. I've never worked with iguanas. It's the the terrapins was the. First, I mean, I've been supporting since the beginning of, of US Arc Florida, but it was the terrapins where I was like, ah, oh, fuck, man, because I've had yeah. I've had terrapins. I've had a male and a female, and they they did do their thing. You know, I mm -hmm. never tried to collect the eggs because of FWC laws, but whenever they did hatch, they would go to trusted friends like, hey, like you want a, a good pet turtle? Like this is the thing for you. You know, they're amazing. And you know, it's it really is a shame, but. In a certain sense, like, I, I get where they're coming from, where they think that these things are going to be an issue. But it's like, wouldn't you think that you would listen to the people that know about these things, mm -hmm. you know, to fix the situation, to help the situation? You know, so it definitely is a shame. So what's next for U.S. Art? What, what are we doing next? U.S. Art Florida is doing several things, certain things I can talk about, certain things okay. that we can't. Um, we are, of course, in the middle of a lawsuit with, you, or with FWC uh -huh. at this current time, and we are trying to go back to the CSP rule. Um, we are also looking at different legislation, and we're working with our lobbyists. Uh -huh. So we're also looking at other programs for conservation for the state of Florida. So okay. there are many levels um, of things that we are working on. It's just... If we sit here and tell you everything, and that's why I tell people, call me. Let's yeah, yeah, talk yeah. about it. Yeah, call yeah. any of our board members. Let's yeah. sit down. Let's have that conversation. I can talk one-on-one, -on -one, yeah. but on a podcast, if we go, hey, guess what? We're doing A, B, and yeah, C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tough. It's tough. It's you, you, really hard. Yeah, you have to... You have to play the the, the politics game because you're like you gotta you know put things a little bit aside or whatever. But the only thing that sucks about that, and which I understand why you have to do it, mm -hmm. but then it's like then you have people thinking things aren't transparent. Things are like oh, there's some kind of fear mongering. They don't understand like the severity of a situation. So and, yeah. what do we do other other than like hey, call me, let's talk about it. You know what do we do to get those kinds of people to understand what's actually happening? Well, we have been working diligently. Uh, Daniel Parker, we have hired for our social media, and uh -huh. I think he has done a phenomenal job. So if you follow us on Facebook and uh -huh. on Instagram, we are really trying to be transparent on a lot of things that we are currently working on okay. and different topics and issues that are coming up. So we personally are trying to really show the issues at hand uh -huh. and be as transparent as possible and be available you know, yeah. as much as possible. We're also posting stuff on our website of different 
you know, issues that are going on. There's the tag meetings, and I'm telling you, I know how to, to get people to get involved. Yeah, yeah. Show up at a tag meeting. Show up at a commission meeting. We post them all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the tag meetings are posted. If you showed up at one tag meeting, you might not be able to say something, but just sit in the back and listen. Yeah. Just watch what's happening. You will have a different ideology. You will see what we're up against. Yeah, yeah. It'll cool. take one meeting, one day yeah. of your life. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Well, cool stuff. Thank you for coming on. You want to tell anybody anything or are we good? Guys, support US Arc and US Arc Florida. Become a member. And let me tell you, if you have $5 a month to donate, that's it, $5. If every one of you donated $5 a month, we'd be unstoppable. We need to unite everybody, not just reptile, but the mammals, the birds, the fish. They're not stopping. So come on, join hands. Let's get together and let's fight this battle and let's prevail. Villarino Reptiles on Morph Market. How you doing? Um, Hell yeah. On Instagram, Facebook. Yep. Yeah. Okay, hold this a little closer. There you go. Yeah. Now we're going. Now we're going. Now we're going. Yeah. All right. So you brought me your balls, dude. Yeah, Show me your balls. I brought a, a blade clown head exantic and a blade exantic okay. head clown. You know, just wanted to. Show them a little bit. <laughs> you want to, <laughs> to show me your balls? Yeah. So, okay, um, you're working with a lot of Exantic stuff. Yes. Why VPI? Well, I mean, back in the day when I got in, it was it was the mainstay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. How long have you been doing it? Uh, I've been into ball pythons since about 2006. Oh, shit, I got dude. into Exantics in 2009 okay. when nobody was really working it. Ah, okay, you know, okay. Because okay. I, I just love the gene. Yeah, yeah. I would be definitely one of your top customers if you work with the Snake Eater line, because that's the okay. line that I yeah, work JD, with. JD, JD yeah, JD really yeah. blew up uh, with with the Snake Eater line, and and uh, overall he helped Exantics. Yeah, go yeah. To an, take it to take them to another level. For sure, man. So you have it's a Blade Clown Head Exantic. Yeah. VPI, and then the other one is Exantic. Uh, Blade Exantic. Uh, head clown. Cool, man. And you have yeah. also your Exantic Pides. Yeah. It seems like uh, for a while ex people were like, no, I don't want to work with Exantic because it just takes away the color. You know, I've always been a big fan of Exantic because it's, it's not, in that sense, I guess it's not really about the color. It's about the contrast. It's about the pattern that you can add to them. And then especially when you're stacking the recesses, the Exantic Clowns, beautiful. Exantic Pides, beautiful. Are you doing anything else with Exantic other than Clown and Pied? Um... I'm doing True Ghost. True Ghost, okay. Um, I'm going to get DG into it now. Okay. Um, eventually Cypress. Okay. I'm looking at that. Uh, maybe Lace. Um, Batman stuff. Yeah. Um, off the top of my head. That's where I'm going. Yeah, yeah. You want to yeah. do some puzzle? Eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting into puzzle. So cool. Yeah. I yeah. might try Sunset, something that oh. maybe some people might not do. Um I'm gonna work it. See I what, never see thought what about that. My buddy Pike uh -huh. uh, gave me that idea. Yeah, yeah, that's a good uh, idea, dude. I might. Yeah, see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I guess if if Exantic is stripping yellow and red, or yellow or red, I mean, it would it'd be a nice animal, especially because the sunsets do have a little bit of a different pattern. Yeah. You know, so that pattern would show a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, if I'm not mistaken, it would be primarily white and like like a silver I mean, we'll see. it's dude. either gonna be amazing or it's gonna be bad yeah <laughs> and there's only one way but, to find out we right? gotta try right exactly so, but I mean, I mean i think that would be great especially if best case scenario it shows more of the pattern of the sunset and then you can start adding another recessive yeah, to that and yeah, yeah. that's cool stuff yeah, man we'll see what, what else we you know i'm yeah. putting fire vanilla um eventually od yeah. Uh, but yeah blade is very important yeah. when it comes to the exantic clowns that's yeah. why my exantic clowns are in my view they're exceptional they're great dude they're um, great honestly it has to do with blade it has to do with my line uh, you know being nice and bright yeah, yeah now when you're putting in your orange dream uh, maybe a pastel or whatever are you having issues like picking those out in the clutch like you're like no no that one clearly has orange dream this one clearly doesn't are you having any issues like I'm, that with color mutations I'm not mutations? a big time stacker Okay. Okay. For that, primarily for those reasons. Okay. Um, I like to keep it to two and three genes. Two and three genes, and yeah, I don't like anything more than that unless, unless, I primarily, I okay, I want this. I understand. It's like my Batman stuff, I'm gonna put Exantic to it. Uh -huh. I'm going to. No, 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 a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to uh, add confusion to Batman. Uh -huh. I'm gonna. Those are things I want to do, but like. 
for the most part, I'm not a, a big time stacker. Ah, you know? okay, okay. I'm, I'm not. I don't. It's not and my then, thing. And then to that, it, more than anything, would you say you do more pattern stuff or more color stuff? Uh, or is it just a mix? I, I think it's more color. More color. Yeah, okay. I, I would say. Cool, man. Um, but yeah, man, uh, DG like DG True Ghost, example. Yeah, 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 yeah. True yeah, Ghost yeah. is gonna be incredible. Yeah. Uh, DG True Ghost Clown. Yeah, yeah. You know, DG True Ghost Blade. Clown. Yeah. yeah. Those are those are the things that yeah, pop yeah, up for sure for me immediately uh, and make me happy. Yeah, I have most of my exotic stuff. It's either mixed with lavender albino. I have some stuff. I, I pr- okay. So I bred. Follow me on this one. It was a leopard pied. It was Het Desert Ghost. Supposedly no Exantic, right? I bred that to a Bumblebee Exantic. I produced Exantics. So that Leopard Pied is Double Het Desert Ghost Exantic. So I have that clutch that I'm raising up. I also nice. have a clutch of like some really nice like pastel. Uh, it's a, I think it's like a super pastel. That's Double Het Clown Exantic Possible Het Desert Ghost. So yeah, I like the exotic stuff a lot. I think yeah, it's. I think hypo is gonna have a, yeah. a resurgence. Yeah, 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 big, yeah. I think it's coming. Yeah, yeah, for you know? sure. Because if DG is so popular. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, look at what it's doing. I know. I, bro, it's I think hypo eventually has to get yeah, to, yeah. get its due respect. And I think that. <laughs> I I feel like hypo was dead for a while. And then when they started adding it to Desert Ghost, they were like, oh, shit, this oh, shit's oh, back. Shit. Yeah, oh, shit's You know back. what's one that I never thought would come back? Genetic Strike. It's, and it's here. Yeah, with Clown and shit like that. And I'm like, bro. And yeah. I literally, the year that, I think it was like the year after the, the, the Kiki Ball came out, like mainstream, I sold all of my genetic stripes stuff, bro. Nobody, nobody was into that. Bro. I, like, it was crazy. I, I was flirting with it for a long time. Uh-huh. And uh, finally, I'm doing it. I'm yeah, going to yeah. do... Uh, Ultra male genetic stripe. Nice. Uh, I'm gonna do some some yeah. kicky stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna breed uh, an exantic clown, an exantic blade clown, to a banana Leo genetic stripe eventually. Fuck yeah, dude. So that's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun, man. Dude, that's this awesome, is man. so much fun, bro. Um, just continuing to build. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and yeah, I think that my. For, for most of my projects, the end of the line is adding the Exantic. You know, um, I have, for example, Ultramel Hypo stuff that I'm breeding and Ultramel Pied stuff that I'm breeding. The idea is to get those things together and then throw it to, like, the Pied Exantics that I'm going to produce. So that way it's like you have the example with all the color and then you have the example with black and white, silver, contrast, like, just badass. I'll tell you, in 2009, I never saw Exantic. Uh, being where it is today yeah yo it's important yo canova yeah dude yesterday you saw his post no no i didn't i didn't a handful of uh i think od pies with a bunch of uh exantic combos it's, bruh you know he's got them in his hand uh, either he or summer uh-huh. have them in their hands and you know shared it yeah so bro exantics are are coming they're coming yeah, hard bro so, same bro uh, again <laughs> I, I gotta thank i gotta thank uh jd i gotta thank uh MJ. And yeah, yeah. In some ways, I I have to. I have to say it. Some people are giving me some credit. Yeah. So I'm pushing it, bro. Yeah. I'm pushing good. it hard. So. Well, you are definitely pushing me, my guy. Like when yeah. I when I was seeing, I mean, I we've been friends on Facebook for a couple of years yeah, since yeah, I worked yeah, at the old yeah. shop, um, and I've been seeing you post your shit and whatever, and yeah. I'm like, fuck, bro. Yeah. Like, just when I thought that I was like, maybe I, I need to start like pulling away from my exantic projects. I'm not doing too much with it. Yeah. And I saw you doing it. I'm like. Bro, I gotta do this. Yeah, I gotta get it on off, it bro. for sure, it man. I'm Bill Murray. I'm the owner of Redfoot Ranch. Right now, I'm located in Waimama, Florida. I'm hoping to relocate. Should I be looking at the camera? Or you this? can look at me. It doesn't matter. Okay. Whatever you want. I yeah. just feel like we should be having a conversation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Um, so, like right now, I'm in Waimama, Florida, but uh-huh. I'm in the process of moving to Texas. Got you. Um, Florida's just getting too crazy here with yeah. all the big lizard rules and stuff yeah. like that, which is why. I did get into breeding skinks in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we were going to talk about blue tongue skinks yes, we and were. my yes. success with them. Okay. Yeah. So um, I've been keeping blue tongue skinks for about four years. Okay. I've had several friends that were very successful breeders of them. So I had a lot of friends that had a lot of knowledge. Yeah, I yeah. never really worked with them before. I've okay. sold them here and there. But um, never actually attempted to breed them. Yeah. So when I decided that I wanted to 
breed something small because they already banned the tegus. Yeah. And I'm working with croc monitors, white throats, black throats, you know, which has always been my future. Yeah. Um, right now, I'm also sitting on 20 tegus that I can't really do anything oh. with. God, you know, which is why I want to go back out to Texas so yeah. that I can start all that breeding again. So I wanted to have a smaller lizard that I didn't think they were going to ban here in Florida. So yeah. I said, blue tongue skinks are great. Yep. I wanted something easy and I wanted something that I didn't have to do a lot of bugs with. So yeah, yeah. I've bred bearded dragons in the past. I've bred leopard geckos and different chameleons. Um, but didn't like that at any given time you had to have 4,000 crickets and three different sizes. And, you know, so yeah. it just... I wanted to do something that was going to be easy, but then a little bit more on the trickier yeah, yeah. side. So. I actually, I think the blue tongues anyways are a better pet lizard. Um, yeah, for sure. Same. Yeah. You know, I like I like that you can feed them the dog foods yep. and the cat foods. It's just really easy. Exactly. You know? So um, right now I'm feeding anything from large rats, crocodile meat, or not crocodile, yeah. alligator meat. There you go. Um, you know, eggs, just anything and everything that I yeah. can get my hands on for the lizards, but don't like to have to deal with crickets and yeah, all the yeah, different yeah. bugs. So um, the plan was I have a friend that does importation from Indonesia. Yep. Um, his name's Michael Cole. He's ballroom pythons. I told him I wanted 10 skinks. I wanted all the same locality. And if he can, get me a 3.7. Okay. He's like, I couldn't sex them myself. He didn't know how to sex them. So they basically did it in Indo for us. Yeah. Um, I think the sex ratio is spot on for what they were supposed to send me. I don't yeah. think I have like a 4.6. They did give me the 3.7. Yeah. I bought the animals um, from him in probably like October, November. And the first year that I had them, they produced babies for me in June. Now, That's I was crazy. always told with the Indo stuff that they go like around December, you know, so I was excited when I first got them thinking, oh, they're all pregnant because yeah. they were really like nice, thick animals. They weren't skinny. Yeah. Um, I got them. I got them set up in um, their enclosure. Um, their enclosure is four foot wide by eight foot wide, and then it's two foot tall. Originally, it was made for a single big tegu that yeah, I had. Yeah, yeah. And I just made it into the lizard cage. I offer them UV lighting, a heat spot. Um, when I first set them up, I probably had about six inches of mulch. Uh, I was always told that you can't house the lizards together, yeah. that they'll fight. I put all 10 of them together in that one big enclosure and said, if I wake up tomorrow and their arms are ripped off, I'll know that I messed up and that I have to separate them. Yeah. I've had all 10 of those lizards. I still have all 10 of the lizards. They all have their arms, their feet, their tails, fingernails, yeah. no real aggression or anything like that. The males and the females can breed whenever they want. Um, they've lived together from the time that I've got them and they're still together now. Yeah, yeah. I've never separated them. Even when you could tell that the females are gravid, the babies are just born with the parents. But some of the things that I think that I did that really worked was I provided them with a big enough cave that, you know, four or five of them can go into this cave comfortably, but they also have four to six inches of mulch that they, they can they dig into. Yeah. You know, so I, I, like I said, I don't see any real aggression. The females aren't all tore up on their necks. I breed tegus. So, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm yeah. used to animals biting them on the nape of the neck and, you know, thrashing yeah. them until they submit yeah you know so i've been very fortunate with with the skinks um i've now had um three successful years of breeding them they've always lived together again which is something that i've always yeah. been told that they can't do and um you know pretty and much year round you're keeping them outside not bringing them in at all when it gets um, cold or so this year because i could tell that i had at least three of the females gravid uh -huh. i did not take them outside so what i was doing was during the winter time, I would bring them indoors, uh -huh. and then during the summertime, I was bringing them outdoors. Okay. Having now three years of experience with them, I could tell that the girls were all pregnant in June, and my concerns were that if I brought them outside, that they could abort or something like that. Gotcha. So I didn't want to change anything, and it's a pretty drastic when you're keeping them in a controlled environment and then putting them right yeah, outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do fine outside. But I haven't, like, I didn't have the setup for them to be outside year-round. I didn't have an extra heat source on them or anything yeah. like that. So it was just easier and, I think, safer. You know, I don't yeah. want to mess up a good thing. Yeah, of course. So I um, wound up keeping them in this year. Yeah. Um, but I do plan on putting them back out there next year. Yeah. Um, it's really good that I can say that 
within like a month or two of them having the babies, the females look like they've completely bounced back. Now really? they're not That's as awesome. big and round, yeah. But but know, they're they're eating. They're, they're, they're eating. Is, they're yeah. doing everything that they're supposed to awesome. be doing, and they basically they put the weight back on. And yeah. like I said, every year it's gotten bigger and better. Yeah. Um, some cool things that I, I learned this year that I never knew about blue tongue skinks. Like I said, I breed tegus. You know, I'm working on breeding monitors. Um, was that um, the babies actually eat the placenta and all that yeah. stuff that yeah, comes yeah. out? Um, I had been showing. Um, a friend that came over to buy a, buy a skink from yeah. me, the adults, and then we walked in, and the female was having her babies That's awesome. while we walked in. Yeah. Um, two or three things that happened like in a row that was really cool this year was that the skinks all had their babies after 4 p.m. in the afternoon. So I weird. was trying to find some kind of coalition or whatever the word is. Correlation. Coalition. Yeah. With the weather, you know, it's like, were we getting afternoon rains on yeah. those days? It was nothing. There was three different temperatures, three different pregnancies, but all of them at 4 p.m. You know, Very interesting. The, in yeah. the past years of me breeding them, I always found the babies the next day because yeah. I normally, I try to feed all the lizards first thing in the morning so that they can digest their food yeah. while they have access to their heat lamps and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. So I always try to feed early in the morning, and that's usually when I've been finding them. But this year, knowing that I had the pregnant females and that they were going at 4, I kept going in there like... I'm in there at three o'clock. I'm in there at four. I'm in there at five, looking at them. Just yeah, yeah. It's still exciting and new for me, you know. Where yeah. I've probably had like ten different female tegus have babies or have eggs for me yeah. in the past. So it's like I'm yeah. not as excited. I get but, you. But you know, when yeah. they're new, it's exciting. Yeah. So I'm like extra. Yeah. You know, blue tongues. Blue tongues are. I mean, I've been producing blue tongues for the past few years. Uh, I keep mine in racks. Mm-hmm. I've been breeding them. Like right now, I'm in the process of breeding and. But it's only ever one animal, right? What do you mean? One animal per cage? Or yeah, is- yeah, one animal per cage, exactly. Uh, and, like, just right now, I've, I had an issue um, where, you know, what, what my cycle is this. So I'll put male with female every day. You know, I watch them. I'm on top of them. Literally, like, one of my friends calls it a threesome, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> nice. so I'm watching them, and I made a bad judgment call to look away and look at another pair that were doing it. And then the female grabbed the male death rolled fucked up his eye the whole thing and so i've been really thinking i'm like dude i really want to keep them outside i did a podcast a couple months ago with ron st pierre he explained to me how he does them outside so my next big thing is moving my blue tongues from iraq to outside Mm -hmm. the only thing that i would keep in iraq is my really really high-end stuff that i need to be on top of that i you know i have some ivories that that they came out this year nice um so you know like that that's my thing you know when you were talking to me about the marukis that you keep outside i'm like Dude, I used to have Marukis. I had bad luck with them keeping them the same way as the Northerns. But if you're doing them, out, if you're doing them outside, I'm gonna get some more. You know, because yeah. I I love breeding blue tongues. That's I like, like that they're also affordable. Yeah. You know, when I looked into some of the Northerns and the pricing and stuff yeah. like that, I was like, uh, you know, yeah. And that's something that I wouldn't really experiment with. You know, yeah. When I put them together, I was probably paying two hundred dollars for a lizard. Yeah. And yeah. they were adults. Yeah. You know, which is nice, but. I had bought them sight unseen and, you know. Yeah, anything could have happened. Anything it's a yeah. done deal and, yeah. yeah, anything could have happened. They could have yeah. tore off their legs while they were in the bags. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but um, like I said, every year it's gotten better and then almost like every clutch is better. Now, I don't know if this is a big clutch, but um, the Marukis that I've had typically were like seven, eight. You That's, know, a good size. That's a good size. Yeah, okay. yeah. Or litters. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, my I thing is. I did have nine. Yeah. That was the last one. Yeah. I think that. Those numbers are perfect because some yeah. of the skinks, like I have one northern that she'll get that one year she gave twenty, and she was huge during breeding through her whole through her whole cycle everything, but the babies sucked, you like know, really small babies. Yeah, really small babies. They were weak. I lost a couple, um, and then she took a while to bounce back. You know, mm. so for me, like I wouldn't want more than ten babies per okay. animal you know I, just so that way the babies are healthier even though it's less production i mean the most important thing is for the babies to thrive you know i would also add that the animals when i got them as imports they were younger animals okay they were like adult size but they weren't like really old ones yeah, yeah. you know so yeah um, and then like i said they came in great shape they were already a good weight yeah and then i said if there was any issues i was going to take care of it right yeah. away but I, I really wanted to try it and I had, I've known people in the past that did 
you know, breeding groups of them. Yeah. But I think that the important thing is having their own hiding places. They can get away from yep. each other if they want to. Yeah, you know, yeah. So that's definitely something that I think led to my success. Um, they were, like, for the females this year, they were all in, like, June, the beginning of July. It was probably, like, two-week in increments. Every one of them... The first litter was seven, the second litter was eight, the third litter was nine. Okay. You know, so, cool. but I didn't know if that was because they held them that much longer that I got one more baby. Yeah, Or yeah, that's yeah. why they had to hold them yeah, longer. Yeah. But um, I'm, I'm fine with that. The babies come out, they're eating within like two days of coming out of the yeah, mom's. That's awesome. Um, I was literally holding one of the babies that was in a clear egg sack. Yeah, yeah. Um, I started to tear it because I've had experiences with boas back in the day where if you left it in the egg sack too long, they suffocated. Yeah, so yeah. I'm like, I'm not letting the baby die, yeah, not yeah. while I'm looking at it. Yeah. So I started tearing it open, and then a second later, the baby blew yeah. out of the egg like yeah. in my hand, turned around and ate the placenta. Yep. And then afterwards, I was like, oh, you know, that makes sense because I've had baby boas born and you wind up with a half inch of slime on the bottom of the enclosure. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's so cool because you're so happy that you got the babies. You'd yeah. probably roll in the afterbirth, you know, with just being happy. Yeah, yeah. But these guys, it was a very clean birth. And yeah. I'm like, now that all makes sense, you know, so yeah. I'm still learning, you know, and yeah. it's that the animals are still teaching me. Yeah, that's cool, know, man. So... so with a name like Redfoot Ranch, you mm -hmm. would you would think that you only have tortoises, maybe some turtles, um, but you have a lot of stuff, man. I do. Um, yeah. I I've loved reptiles my whole life. I'm yeah. 52 years old. You know, there's pictures of me with box turtles in New York growing up. Nice. You know, when I was like, you know, being bathed in a five-gallon bucket. You know, so here I am, this big. Yeah. You know. So, um, just always have had reptiles in my life, and you know, will always plan on continuing. You know, but. I feel that at this point I've got to move my stuff to Texas or out of this state yeah. because it's just getting too crazy here. Things are tough, man. Um, Definitely. And I want to go back to breeding my tegus before they get too old. Yeah, yeah, you for know? sure. So um, some of my oldest animals, I have um, a sulcutta that I've had for 27 years. I've been working with Redfoots for probably like 27, 28 years now. Yeah. Um, cool story with them. I bought them for myself in July when I bought my house. Um, as a housewarming gift and a birthday present to myself. By the end of July, I had my first Redfoots. By the Christmas of that year, I had my first babies, that's and that's awesome. when they paid for themselves. And they really have almost like helped me to build my empire yeah. of turtles. Um, right now, I'm at probably about 200 turtles and tortoises. Oh, I love that. Um, probably at about 50 lizards. Um, I wouldn't want to get any more than that because they're all bigger lizards. The skinks are the smallest lizards that I work with. Yeah. You know, so I wouldn't want to get anything, you know smaller and I'm not looking to grow the lizard part yeah. of the business any. Um, I've said the second that I do get into Texas, um, when I'm at the Texas border, somebody better hand me some green anacondas, you know, because that is part of the reason yeah. why I want out of the state. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like I've done nothing wrong. I've had like the class three permit to sell reptiles here in the state of Florida for probably close to 30 years. Yeah. And I can't own animals that, you know, you used to be able to buy in any pet store. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just... It's ridiculous in that yeah. sense, but it is what pushed me to do in the skinks because I figured somebody's got to help to pay for all the food for the yeah. other animals that I'm feeding. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, uh, I'm Solomon with Eastern Florida Pythons. Hell yeah, man. All right, so talk to me about what we got here. All right, so uh, I brought over two animals. Uh, these, This is actually a really neat project that I've been working on for the past four years. Uh, it's called the Centauri Gene. Um, it's a really interesting gene in that it's very banded and what's really cool about the bands is they typically show up in the next animal Okay. Um, depending on what you mix it with. So this is actually the base gene itself and uh, what I really like about it is in, inside the actual alien heads itself it has these little uh, double spots in most of that and those will also show up. Okay. Okay. Uh, plus, it's a lot darker, and it's got this really interesting little neck pattern, too, which you'll also see in uh, a lot of the, the different combos. Now, like I said, I've been working on this for four years, and I've made a number of combos. Uh, I am not the first person to produce the Centauri Clown. Okay. Uh, the person that I got the original animal from, okay. which was a red stripe 100% Het Clown, who just started throwing this gene okay um 
actually had produced a Centauri clown before and didn't know what it was. Understood. So, yeah, uh, but this is the first year that I've produced a Centauri clown, and this is what it is. And what's really neat, as you can see, the the multiple spots that come through it, and then also it's very banded as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the pattern seems to be very dominant whenever it transfers over, which is really cool. Now, the only thing in this project that I have not figured out yet is if there's a super. Um, and this past year, was, or this year actually, was my first chance to do that. Okay. But I only had one chance, and she only laid four eggs. So I uh. missed it. <laughs> Unfortunately, I missed it. But um, this coming season, I actually have three females that will be big enough. And uh, I actually have the single gene isolated now so i'm really excited about perfect it. man so yeah. what are we what are we mixing with mixing with it other than clown um so we've mixed mojave with it okay vanilla okay red stripe yeah um we've also mixed um i've seen inchy with it and that right now is it okay cool. so not not a ton of stuff all right so it's still a very I, I'm really the only one that's working with it. There's a few people that have it, but I'm really the only one that's working with it okay. right now. So, And this Centauri Clown, is that for sale, or is that one of your breeders? She is not. Okay. She is actually staying with me. So this is the first one I've been able to actually have. Okay. Um, I am hoping to, by this this next season, actually have Centauri Het Clowns okay. available, not just possible het clowns okay i'll have centauri het clowns this this year i love that man yeah and hopefully i'll actually have some more centauri clowns and those they will be available okay you thinking about uh putting it into uh other recessives Uh, i do want to i'd like to try pie but one that i really want to get into is desert ghost i think i think that would be insane yeah what about uh puzzle I haven't got into puzzle that okay. yet. Um, I think it would be pretty, pretty cool, especially with the. It's already got a pretty busy pattern. Um, I think that yeah. would really be pretty neat, especially like a puzzle clown. I mean, look at this. It already kind of looks like, you know, kind of like a puzzle itself. Yeah, yeah. But I think that would be neat. Um, I'd like to see what Spot Nose does with it too. That I that'd mean, be a good one. Yeah, like Spot Nose clown. Satari. Exactly, especially okay. since it seems super dominant inside in clown itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens with it. That's cool stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah, I've been, I've been seeing it. I've been seeing you pop up for on my Instagram for a while now. Yeah. You know, so I, I definitely had wanted to see them the, the first time that I saw you at one of these Repticons. Yeah. So that's cool stuff, man. It's exciting. I'm, I'm really yeah. excited. Well, good stuff, bro. Thank Appreciate you for introducing it. me to this gene, dude. Absolutely. My Hell pleasure. Hell yeah, dude. It was good to see you. They're a lot more finicky than than the, the leopards are. Okay. You know, you can go away and, and miss leopard gecko eggs for a couple days. Yeah, yeah. If I don't check these guys for eggs for a couple days, I'm throwing some out. Got you, got you. And when I breed blue tongues, I got to watch them. Do you have to be very similar with the fat tails? Um, sometimes. Okay. Sometimes. So, some of my, uh, my males are aggressive breeders. Okay. And if the female is not receptive, she's going to fight back. I understand. Okay. Whoa. That particular combination for about 10 to 14 years was believed to be fatal. Gotcha. Yeah, I remember him telling me something about that. Uh, same thing with the whiteout and uh, AML patternless. Yep. But now we've got a couple different bloodlines that that are working. There's the, the European, I think it's called Prohorcheck is the pronunciation. Okay. And then there's my line. Nice. I was lucky and I accidentally put a whiteout het patternless uh-huh. with uh, an AML and all of those offspring were double heads. Thanks for checking out this episode of the podcast. I want to give a huge shout out to Repticon, Premium Crickets, and Reptiles Express for having us out. We'll see you on the next one.